0: This is Optimal Living Daily, episode 2721, The Backwards Law, Why the Best Things in Life Must Be Let Go, part two, by Mark Manson of markmanson.net. And I'm Justin Mollick, the guy that reads to you every single day of the year. Today's episode is part two of a longer post. If you didn't catch part one yesterday, I recommend listening to that first. But if you're all caught up, then let's get right to part two and continue optimizing your life. The Backwards Law. Why the best things in life must be let go, part two, by Mark Manson of markmanson.net. There's another curve, one that you've probably never seen or heard of before, and that's largely because I make a lot of this up. That's the inverted curve. The inverted curve is the bizarro twilight zone curve where effort and reward have a negative correlation. That is, the more effort you put into doing something, the more you will fail to do it. Drownproofing exists on an inverted curve. The more effort you put into rising to the surface, the more likely you'll be to fail at it. Similarly, the more you want to breathe, the more likely you are to choke on a bunch of chlorinated water. But I know what you're thinking. So what, Mark? I've usually had too many pina coladas to even find the deep end of the pool, much less bind my arms and legs and try to survive in it. Who gives a shit about inverted curves? It's true, few things in life function on an inverted curve, but the few things that do are extremely important. In fact, I will argue that the most important experiences and goals in life all exist on an inverted curve. Effort and reward have a linear relationship when the action is mindless and simple. Effort and reward have a diminishing returns relationship when the action is complex and multivariate. But when the action becomes purely psychological, an experience that exists solely within our own consciousness, the relationship between effort and reward becomes inverted. Pursuing happiness, takes you further away from it. Attempts at greater emotional control only remove us from it. The desire for greater freedom is often what causes us to feel trapped. The need to be loved and accepted prevents us from loving and accepting ourselves. Aldous Huxley once wrote, quote, the harder we try with a conscious will to do something, the less we shall succeed. Proficiency and results come only to those who have learned the paradoxical art of doing and not doing or combining relaxation with activity, quote. The most fundamental components of our psychology are paradoxical. This is because when we consciously try to create a state of mind, the desire for that state of mind creates a different and often opposite state of mind from the one we're trying to create. This is the backwards law I explained in chapter one of the subtle art of not giving a F. Desiring a positive experience is itself a negative experience. Accepting a negative experience is a positive experience, but this extends to most, if not all, aspects of our mental health and relationships. Number one, control. The more we strive to control our own feelings and impulses, the more powerless we will feel. Our emotional life is unruly and often uncontrollable, and it's the desire to control it that makes it worse. Conversely, the more we accept our feelings and impulses, the more we're able to direct them and process them. Number two, freedom. The constant desire for more freedom, ironically, limits us in a number of ways. Similarly, it's only by limiting ourselves, by choosing and committing to certain things in life, that we truly exercise our freedom. Number three, happiness. Trying to be happy makes us less happy. Accepting unhappiness makes us happy. Number four, security. Trying to make ourselves feel as secure as possible generates more insecurity. Being comfortable with uncertainty is what allows us to feel secure. Number five, love. The more we try to make others love and accept us, the less they will, and more importantly, the less we will love and accept ourselves. Number six, respect. The more we demand respect from others, the less they will respect us. The more we ourselves respect others, the more they will come to respect us. Number seven, trust. The more we try to make people trust us, the less inclined they will be to do so. The more we trust others, the more they will trust us in return. Number eight, confidence. The more we try to feel confident, the more insecurity and anxiety we will create. The more we accept our faults, the more comfortable we will feel in our own skin. Number nine, change. The more we desperately want to change ourselves, the more we will always feel as though we are not enough. Whereas the more we accept ourselves, the more we will grow and evolve because we'll be too busy actually doing cool to notice. Number 10, meaning. The more we pursue a deeper meaning or purpose to our lives, the more self-obsessed and shallow we will become. The more we try to add meaning to others' lives, the more profound impact we will feel. These internal psychological experiences exist on an inverted curve because they are both the cause and the effect of the same thing, our minds. When you desire happiness, your mind is simultaneously the thing that is desiring and the target of its own desires. When it comes to these lofty, abstract, existential goals, our minds are like a dog who, after a lifetime of successfully chasing and catching various small creatures, has turned and decided to exact the same strategy on its own tail. To the dog, this seems logical. After all, chasing has led her to catch everything else in her doggy life. Why not her tail too? But a dog can never catch her own tail. The more she chases, the more her tail seems to run away. That's because the dog lacks the perspective to realize that she and the tail are the exact same thing. The goal is to take your mind, a wonderful thing that has spent its life learning to chase various creatures, and teach it to stop chasing its own tail, to stop chasing meaning and freedom and happiness, because those only serve to move it further away from itself, To teach it to achieve what it desires by giving up what it desires. To show it how the only way to reach the surface is by letting itself sink. And how do we do this? By letting go. By giving up. By surrendering. Not out of weakness, but out of a respect that the world is beyond our grasp. By recognizing that we are fragile and limited and but temporary specks in the infinite reaches of time. You do it by relinquishing control, not because you feel powerless, but because you are powerful, because you decide to let go of things that are beyond your control. You decide to accept that sometimes people won't like you, that often you will fail, that usually you have no clue what you're doing. You lean into fear and uncertainty, and just when you think you're going to drown, just as you reach the bottom, it will launch you back to your salvation. You just listened to part two of the post titled The Backwards Law, Why the Best Things in Life Must Be Let Go by Mark Manson of Markmanson.net. And thank you to Mark again. This reminded me of that example of sand. The tighter you hold on to it, the more it leaks out. A great point from Mark that this is the case with most psychological things like happiness, because like we've heard on this show many times before, with things like happiness, minimalism, meditation, pretty much all the stuff I narrate for you on this show. There is no end game. There is no, I'm finally happy, or I'm finally a minimalist, or I'm officially an expert meditator. Even I'm finally fit. Those don't really exist and they all have to be maintained constantly. Meditation is something I spend a lot of time on, probably thousands of hours. And from all that time, I haven't necessarily reached anything. Yeah, there were benefits and some long lasting for sure. But when I've stopped, a lot of the benefits have gone away. I didn't reach any sort of ending. And that's the case with all of this stuff. Likely why you might've listened to hundreds of episodes with me and why I keep doing this podcast. It adds up, it builds. And it's something we think about together every day. When someone says, you have to be like some crazy expert guru in this stuff. Not really. And I hope you're not looking to find that goal either, but instead we're improving our lives one day at a time, taking away material that can help us over time. And working at it together and hopefully making our lives more meaningful. So with that, thank you for being on the journey with me and for subscribing and sharing the show with others. Have a great rest of your day. Actually, stay tuned because I have our Sunday bonus episode coming right up, Where Your Optimal Life Awaits.